Hello, everybody, and welcome to the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. This podcast is designed to focus the spotlight on leading voices throughout the world of business. From marketing and technology to energy and finance, this podcast will feature brilliant minds that are shaping the future of every industry. There has never been a better time to make more business friends forever, so let's get started. What really is the value of brand marketing social media? It's that, you know, you don't have to be a Hollywood-based, you know, uh, world-renowned producer, screenwriter, actor, actress. Um, you can just be, you know, the hyper-local, everyday mayor, person on Facebook, building brand reputation, submitting reviews, spreading the good word, or, or you know, unfortunately, sometimes uh, negative experiences. And so I think it's really funny now to look back on that and say, well, you know, oh, I was... I was in it um, and connected back to what I'm doing today and say, well, you know, everyone has a voice. Everyone's sort of speaking out through their own, you know, uh, production studio. That's their, their profile, right? On this episode of the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast, we are joined by Brandon Lynn, the Vice President of Employer Brand Marketing and Social Media at one of the top 10 mortgage lenders in the U.S., Freedom Mortgage. Brandon is a leading mind in the world of digital marketing as it relates to employee advocacy and brand management. Brandon has an incredible track record of bridging the gap between brands, their employees, and ultimately their target consumer audience through digital storytelling. He's an extraordinary forward thinker that loves to share his expertise and insights with aspiring professionals and colleagues alike. So let's get started learning from business leader, Brandon Lynn. Hi, Brandon. How are you today? Hey, Colton. I am good. And I uh, hope you are as well. Yes, I am. Thanks for asking. And thanks for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate it and looking forward to this conversation. Um, by this point, our audience has already listened uh, to the introduction with a general overview of who you are and what you do. But to officially begin our conversation, could you tell us a little bit about how you first got started in brand marketing and social media? Absolutely. So what's interesting about my story is that I'm one of the sort of self-proclaimed uh, millennials who really um, grew up in social media. And so getting into it is not just a sort of professional endeavor, which I'm blessed and uh, fortunate to be a part of in uh, 2020. But personally, um, you know, I was of the MySpace and blossoming and introduction of uh, Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram as uh, and YouTube, right? As these things were actually coming to fruition uh, for the very first time, so it's been sort of a, a language I've been fluent in, interested in, um, have both used personally and now for several years professionally. And so, um, getting into it professionally for me came largely through my vision to continue using what I call my secret weapon of storytelling. And um, what I mean by that is. There's so much more value in showing than telling. And what I mean uh, even further and deeper uh, from that statement is that brand marketing is a feeling, right? Social media is a feeling. It really starts from the core nucleus of trust and authenticity. And so telling people, you know, trust us, right? The, the tagline and those sort of 2D words are nothing without the 3D illumination of how that plays out in each and every uh, component, channel, person, stakeholder, um, by really enhancing in a 3D fashion and showing people what that brand embodies, how it looks, how it feels. And, um, and so long ago, I guess long ago is relative, but about 10 years ago, 
actually tried to start a, uh, a company. And um, the idea, it's funny, the idea took off in, uh, in a different format with different other organizations years later. But um, the, the idea was to, and I'll, I don't even share the company <laughs> idea, it was called Shoutfitter. And it was social shopping, right? And, and social shopping was um, a term that we, we hopefully all know nowadays for the idea that the models and the brand reps and the street reps are each and every single person formally affiliated or not with the brand. And so the idea was to start a company where you would actually tag, right? And you would post pictures and tag articles of clothing that you're wearing and, and actually have those linked to uh, the exact store or uh, affiliate marketing channel of where to purchase these items. And then in return, the company would basically uh, reward you with VIP coupons, right, or discounts. And um, and so it's it's basically where brand marketing and social media meet in the middle to show that um, the everyday hero, the brand ambassador, or an employee brand marketing, the employee advocate, uh, is, is you and I, it's everybody, right? And so the idea that um, we can all be journalists, right, from blogging, and videography and stories and social media, and we all have a voice to tell. We all contribute to externally building companies' brand reputations and internally building the reasons to to, to buy or apply or join or stay. Um, and I know this is kind of a soapbox for question one, <laughs> but I get really passionate about this because long ago, like I said, uh, wouldn't you know, long ago, ten years ago, I realized that um, that this has profound ripple and network effects. Um, that any person can help shape a brand and touch a brand at every minute of every day. Absolutely. And you you touched on a bunch of great points there that we're absolutely going to dive into later on in this conversation as well. Um, to, to go back a little bit into kind of the early stages of your career and your profession, I saw on your LinkedIn profile that once upon a time, you were actually a Hollywood TV writer. And I think our audience would love to hear more about that experience. Yeah, this um, this kind of cracks me up. Because um, it sounds a lot cooler than it really is, I guess, <laughs> in a way. Um, since there's so much digital connectivity and, and cut to now, uh, virtual and remote, you know, global uh, working capabilities, being in Hollywood taught me a lot of different things. And, and literally living and working there for a small time uh, taught me a lot of things. But, but in essence, you know, and connecting back to your first question about, you know, what really is the value of brand marketing, social media? It's that, you know, you don't have to be a Hollywood based, you know, uh, world renowned producer, screenwriter, actor, actress. Um, you can just be, you know, the hyperlocal everyday mayor, person on Facebook, building brand reputation, submitting reviews, spreading the good word, or, or you know, unfortunately, sometimes uh, negative experiences. And so I think it's really funny now to look back on that and say, well, you know, oh, I was. I was in it um, and connected back to what I'm doing today and say, well, you know, everyone has a voice. Everyone's sort of speaking out through their own, you know, uh, production studio. That's their their profile, right? Or their mini blog, blog micro blog, um, friendship network, um, professional network. But, but for me, it was um, at a time when I'll go back to storytelling. I was in college thinking, you know, I absolutely love what I later learned to be you know, uh, translatable into marketing, just moving audiences, 
right? And, and, and influencing, um, not necessarily social media influencing, but telling the right story to the right people at the right time. Um, and so, you know, if you put a square peg in a square hole or, you know, or, or draw that equation out, what makes the most sense to uh, tell stories through the medium of, and that's, you know, the place where stories I thought were uh, big, you know, screen broadcasted Hollywood TV production. And, um, and so I essentially was on the front lines of reading all of the first wave submissions for every sort of TV, you know, genre you could imagine. So game shows, long form series, short form series, and basically, if you didn't have an inner connection or an agent who could get you that connection, it came to sort of this big pile um, that went through my desk where I was grading scripts and um, and just looking at all of these people who um, thought they had amazing ideas and worked really, really hard and in some ways did. But the the cool thing and the lesson I took away from there was that if there's no underpinning with a business strategy for it, and I'll give you a very specific example. If you have a phenomenal idea, you know, great dialogue, great people, great show uh, concept, but in every scene, you know, you have to go to uh, a golf course in one place and then fly people out to, you know, the beach in another scene. And there's all these logistics on the end. You're sort of on a meta level reading into these scripts as to, okay, this is in its own context, potentially a funny or a moving idea, but as a business sort of, uh, you know, um, pitch, absolutely way too expensive or wouldn't work or, or not doable. And so, um, so yeah, it was interesting to see the behind the scenes of um, what happens through that channel. And I think, again, today for me, it, just trying to bring this all back to the point of being genuine and authentic is that, you know, in the context of a moving piece of social media brand marketing content, um, you know, you absolutely have to know your audience and know the business strategy. If you're throwing out something that is just pretty, right, or just funny or moving or compelling, and then at the end, it's like the call to action is like, and buy, you know, our jeans. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait. There were like cowboys and there were kids and there was, you know, astronauts and then it's you know at the end it's like you know there's all this stuff that just throws you out of the loop and and doesn't make a whole lot of sense to the promise um and to the net return of the business because you're totally out of bounds with what you're pitching it's it's an interesting sort of uh metaphor but you know what seems to work on the big screen uh in hollywood you know sometimes it just is just uh you know, just pretty words and, and pretty pictures. And so I was looking at scripts through the lens of would this actually um, be logistically feasible? And so I think when you're pitching your message through brand marketing and, and social media, it is interesting to, to gate yourself into that and, and filter yourself down sometimes to, you know, what logistically makes sense for us um, to draw people in, keep them in the funnel, right? And and sell our product in, in a genuine way or make our message um tied down so it's not hyperbolic. Yeah, and I, I love that point you touched on early um, in the dialogue of and as 
as it relates to kind of individuals and professionals today, uh, don't have to be Hollywood writers or don't have to be based in Hollywood or on the West Coast in order to really grow their brand or a business's brand um, and really influence via digital marketing and social media specifically. At the end of that experience in Hollywood, was there like an aha moment you had where you decided to kind of move out to the East Coast and, and kind of pack up shop or kind of how, how did your uh, segment and time there in Hollywood end ultimately? Yeah, that's an awesome question. I'm glad you asked. Um, essentially, there were there were two components. I think it was, uh, and if you were to uh, bear with me, if I use a business statement, a sort of a <laughs> blue ocean strategy to where I ended up versus a lot of people just like me trying to go for the same uh, thing through the same channel and people uh, in one extremely saturated market and, and city where, you know, one out of five people are in this industry uh, or that industry. And so um, I realized it just, you know, it was like, you know, throwing a pebble into an ocean and trying to make a wave um, and realizing later the blue ocean strategy was there's so much more opportunity for storytelling, uh, not just through social media for businesses, but also through um, my other half of the world I oversee, which is employer brand marketing, right? And that's largely been um, a passion of mine for a number of years as I've seen businesses unable to make the pivot to realizing full, you know, fully, wholeheartedly that the marketing funnel for consumer brand is psychologically almost identical to the to the funnel for a candidate journey and a, and a consumer's um, buying journeys like the applying journey for a candidate. And so... I guess I just realized that it was oversaturated. I had a lot more opportunity to do what I was doing with storytelling through businesses. Um, and there was probably also a little bit of uh, homesickness, if I were to be real. Um, I'm, I'm an East Coast guy, and um, I would have made it work, but uh, I, you know, my entire family's uh, East Coast and not West Coast. Absolutely. And you and you touched on it a little bit there. And it's perfect segue into my next question for you is the employee brand advocacy, especially from a social media and marketing standpoint. And for our listeners that might be a little naive to this concept, could you dive a little bit deeper into exactly what employee brand advocacy means to you and how you found yourself with such a dedicated focus and passion of to, and passion to an initiative like this? Yeah, for sure. So there's this notion that, um, you know, in, in today's business climate being table stakes for things like uh, communication, knowledge sharing, um, ethics, honesty, integrity, not just as poster speak, but as something you live and breathe and that everyone can touch and see as part of a company, you know, that flattening of the traditional hierarchy of top-down management that everyone wants to see in and be a part of it and therefore actually get uh, inspired to contribute more and stay longer. Uh, so too comes this notion that everyone is a kind of co-owner, you know, maybe sometimes officially as a shareholder, stakeholder in certain ways, but everyone should be acting um, hopefully as this sort of co-author to the, the business of success. Now that it's like you have the keys to the kingdom or the vision uh, into some of the boxes that, you know, years and years and years ago might have been locked for, for good reason. You know, there's management theories. We could go blah, blah, blah on all day. But, but today, you know, in a 
transparent world, right? With all things social media and all kinds of um, things that were private coming to the public fruition, there's a table stakes element that everyone should be um, sort of a co-author, co-owner in the business. And so with the notion that everyone should sort of be this, you know, uh, co-pilot and entrepreneur, if you will, um, to kind of own their own destiny, but also with the responsibility that they understand how the business works, who is on what, uh, you know, initiative and why it's interconnected. There's this, there's this heaviness to the fact that they are also therefore a voice for the consumer brand and what's called the employer brand, which is the ability for us uh, to build a talent pool for today and tomorrow. So to retain employees, to rally around the same song and, and theme of when we talk about, you know, what is the culture here and we act it out and we can, we can sort of put our finger on it, but we can't describe it. Let's maybe kind of figure out, codify what that means and, and, and then package that story and tell other people about it because actually it's kind of a cool place. And there's some really amazing things going on that a lot of people might not have any idea that their skills uh, experiences are transferable to, uh, or their personality would be a good fit for, or, uh, you know, there's projects that their hidden skills or talents would be really useful for, et cetera, et cetera. And so, Employer brand marketing is really taking all of the stories and all of the reasons why you would want to join and stay and then advocate on behalf of a firm or an organization. Uh, That today is incredibly important. Uh, One, because just prior to the pandemic, and and now things have switched again, there was a supply-demand flip for more jobs available than there were job seekers, meaning the competition was insane to get talent. Um, that's largely because the ease of access to, um, you know, different technologies and different networks and, and people to build your own sort of side hustle that turns into a bigger business and lots of people trying to do their own uh, sort of entrepreneurial ventures, which is really cool, but also creates this pop-up startup, you know, branch off uh, subsidy uh, sort of environment where, yeah, there was a lot of people vying for a lot of talent saying the same sort of thing. Uh, that shifted a little bit again. Uh, now there, you know, there's a, a bigger talent pool and maybe less jobs available in, in different saturations of industry. But it's really, really important because the only thing I would say, if you take away nothing from my ramble, is the idea that recruitment marketing and talent branding and employer branding, all components of attracting candidates, starts from the first spark of hearing or seeing or or interacting with a piece of content, the trust and the expectations for the entire employee experience, right? So what you're sold at the beginning and through every conversation, you're subconsciously or consciously looking to validate, hey, that thing, you know, that, you know, the CEO spoke about or somebody said to me in an interview Like, is that real? Is that like, if it is, where is it going to, how far is this really going to go? Or, you know, um, is everything they said or pitched or the marketing did? um, And, you know, we can't always be a hundred percent accurate with it because many things change, but do know the power of that is you're setting uh, the expectations, which, you know, the lagging indicator to that is retention, talent retention. Like that's where it begins. 
is employee brand marketing. Absolutely. How's that for a simple explanation? (laughs) (laughs) I think you touched on everything perfectly and came back full circle. So if if our listeners don't know what employee brand advocacy after this conversation, then they're not going to know what it is at all. Um, But could you relate it back to specifically, if possible, your work at Freedom Mortgage um, and kind of some specific campaigns that you guys are executing right now uh, or plan to in the future as it relates to these initiatives? Yeah, so there's a lot of really cool stuff happening right now because uh, the way we work at Freedom Mortgage is so collaborative. Uh, our capabilities are, are broad and we're super, super nimble and change agile, uh, which means that we, you know, not to be uh, metaphorical to go with the flight modules, uh, or sorry, the flight metaphor, but, you know, we're a flock, right? We fly together and we, and we, and we, shifts and we're agile together. And so, um, so all of the things that we're doing has in its systematic, um, you know, function, a component that at least one person, if not teams of people or technologies that those teams of people have built or run, uh, will, will pretty much touch from all over the organization. And therefore, um, what we're trying to showcase is that behind the scenes, we're really playing into this, you know, everyone is a crucial component to the uh, success. And so there are therefore stories hidden in each and every single employee's uh, background and accomplishments um, that is extremely relatable to the sense that they are able to come in here, uh, here, right, Freedom Mortgage, with a diverse set of skills and unique backgrounds and does not in any way, shape, or form have to be, you know, completely a carbon copy of the last mortgage role or their mortgage expertise or lending expertise. Uh, we're, we're attracting a lot of different people and then telling that story that these people in a variety of different ways each and every day contribute to this aggregate success that ends up being a really big emotional and uh, exciting, you know, uh, outcome for a customer, which is financial betterment, financial improvement, you know, achieving home ownership or uh, home improvement or, you know, or their, their, their dreams by way of us enabling that lending experience. And so uh, all of our employees have a story to tell. And, and, and today we're building the infrastructure and logistics around a program. Uh, and the example being one we call I Am Freedom Mortgage, which is just what I've described uh, a lot of what we're focusing right now is on our uh, loan officers and loan advisors who really are the um, the sales representative for that transaction and that um, that entire wave of events that I just described. And really trying to both showcase their story as an attraction uh, piece, as a talent magnet, but so too, you know, going the other way, the one thing that employee advocacy does that this is really meant to do as well is to enhance employee engagement, meaning make them feel really, really good and stop them uh, and get their picture and show them, hey, look, yeah, you get these reviews that float by, you know, after your transactions and your, um, you know, your relationships are built and um, moves are made and, and their words on a page and they're really meaningful and they're really helpful Um, but you know, let's stop you, uh, during your busy day, show you 
one of these reviews that are really, really special and uh, capture, you know, you uh, emoting and, and reacting to that review. And let's, you know, snap that picture or, or capture that moment and show the world on social media like this person, this employee, this team member at Freedom Mortgage rocked it. And this is a real buyer saying that and reflecting that. And we want to highlight this person. So it's special for them. It's special for us. And it's special for candidates to see that uh, we don't just let these these moments that matter go by. Um, you know, we're showcasing a lot of different people doing a lot of different special things. Um, really, like I said at the beginning, to show instead of tell. You know, it's one thing to say as a bullet point, um, you know, oh, we care about our team members and, you know, um, we reward and we recognize, okay, great, you should. And let's see some examples of that. And that's uh, what we do with I Am Freedom Mortgage. That's amazing initiative. Absolutely. And who does make up kind of the, your direct team around you? And could you dive a little bit deeper into what exactly their roles might be to assist you in your ultimate initiatives? Sure. So I'm really fortunate because, um, you know, I'm sure this is different in a lot of, lot of businesses, but, um, social media and or employee brand marketing teams. And I say teams, um, from my experiences and some of my network tend to be very small, if not a single person running the show, um, maybe a handful of people, but I'm extremely lucky to have under my, uh, team or with me, a social media manager who is extremely creative and, um, is somebody who can produce content very quickly and very efficiently and come up with lots of different angles and lots of different ways of saying, uh, and showing in fluid mediums, meaning, you know, the thing that works best for Instagram. And I'm not just talking about sizing, but, um, tone, you know, and medium might be static, might be uh, GIF or GIF. I don't want to have that debate, but, <laughs> uh, you know, moving imagery or video and also some other components would certainly um, be for a different audience, right? Know your audience for LinkedIn. Um, and so this is um, a social media manager who I, um, I've had the pleasure of learning a lot from too, because they come from a deep social media background in a different industry and um, also a highly regulated industry too. So um, we're very, very careful about how we operate in this sort of freedom in the framework, if you will, to be creative, but also know, you know, we can't just say whatever we want. Um, not that we would, but um, we have to be smart. We have to be um, compliant and we have to be creative in this social media manager I get to work with. Um, and have the pleasure of learning from does that. Uh, and, and we work together on lots of different things. Um, and then as I have a very creative person, the yin to her yang is uh, another person who is extremely analytical. And so again, uh, this diverse set of skills and, 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 and mindset is very helpful because I have somebody who also is deep in analytics and reporting through uh, running the listening uh, types of programs and modules. And so what we do and I try to run this systematically as a bigger content feedback loop is set different things in motion, queries, campaigns, words, phrases to basically beyond what we're able to uh, listen for on our own channels, right? So looking at comments, 
uh, managing our reputation, dialoguing and reporting on um, messages, comments, feedback, right, that comes in through our own plat- platforms and channels. Um, this is the broader web um, through online mentions or blogs or comments or groups through uh, queries like our brand name plus, you know, uh, a current event or a mortgage term or a leader. And uh, also, so too do we do competitive listening and not in a, you know, crazy, creepy type of way, right? <laughs> we can't do that. But, um, you know, we just want to make sure that we're also beyond um, keeping up with what is relevant in our industry, uh, ensuring that we stay in our own lane and know uh, the genuine way that we would want to um, roll something out, say something, own own our brand and our image. So, uh, you know, as to not step on someone else's toes and just follow the, you know, the pack instead of lead it in our own way. And so um, listening is uh, a huge component. Brand advocacy is also uh, under that person's role and uh, a creative person as well, like I said. So it's sort of this dynamic trio. And then um, our trio works very closely um, with my BFF. And I, and I guess I should at this point say, and thank you for having me on the show, that uh, we work very closely with you guys. And, um, and you're extremely helpful at, at, at almost everything social media. Um, today, that includes a lot of that reputation um, action orientation, right? So after we do sort of our broad listening to loop it back into what kind of content we could build to get ahead of customer questions, right? Or uh, as sort of, um, you know, um, a, a filter for what are our competitors doing and where should we ensure that we're individualizing what we put out, um, those pieces that we're listening to on our own platforms, uh, your team's able to really help us sort of triage and sort and monitor and analyze what's really going on, what kind of questions are we getting and um, and running those down to ensure that the customers have a, a super beneficial experience. Well, we appreciate that shout out, Brandon. <laughs> we're glad that we can assist you and your team um, and your guys' efforts. And obviously, I, we're recording this right now kind of in the, the heat and the core time period of the COVID-19 pandemic. Your company is a top 10 lender in the United States. So it's obviously no secret that you guys are being impacted at large by these troubled times. Um, could you discuss a little bit about what your digital strategy will be moving forward as it relates to publishing content and engaging with your audience across social media and other digital platforms? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. It's such an interesting topic. And uh, I've been trying to read a lot about this and seeing how other people are are handling it and knowing, you know, very well throughout any industry or topic or best practice that this is completely unprecedented. I shouldn't say 100% when it comes to crisis management, but um, this is very, very, very new for a lot of people. And so the idea that we know what we're doing um, to the exact match for what uh, is the best practice playbook um, would be me, you know, uh, being untruthful in that it is a lot of improvisation and empathy, right? And really being able to understand the right, like I said, the right message at the right time, at the right place, but not in a uh, aggressive way, in a very sensitive way. Um, And that starts by going through a lot of different layers of analysis. And what I mean by that is 
first when we were pulling back on some of our, our, our regularly scheduled program to make sure that our messages were appropriate, you look at words and phrases and imagery that are obviously out of bounds. And um, the best example I can give, I, I know it's not our our brand, but it was so interesting. I was reading about Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? Their entire motto was finger looking good, right? And I know it sounds ridiculous to bring that up. Maybe not so much, but <laughs> the idea that they, you know, basically are touting something that would go against, you know, being hyper vigilant with your with your hygiene right now is is sort of the same idea where uh, not necessarily that our motto is, you know, um, I don't know. I can't think of anything funny to say there, but, you know, our, our motto is not, um, you know, hug your lender, uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's essentially the, if we had imagery or video of extremely close group settings, right. When there was extreme and there is extreme social distancing being pushed and touted and, and, um, and advise. It was things like that, where words and phrases around, um, um, you know, a- adhering to the global sort of sort of social etiquette and norms is a huge component of which we were already doing, but we had to be hyper vigilant about ensuring that our messaging was tip top. There, the the thing that's interesting too about in our industry is you think about um, the spring home buying season, right? Weather's just getting really nice for a lot of regions. Uh, and a lot of, uh, you know, home improvement projects are happening. Um, and therefore in our world, refinancing and, um, home equity loans and, and reinvesting in projects are, you know, are top of mind. If not, you know, a lot of the world is putting their home on the market and going through that purchase cycle. Therefore, you know, it was interesting at a time in our industry when, things really heat up, right? There's a, there's seasonality and there's a lot to say for, this is a, a big time for us. Um, we certainly, you know, had to pull back on a lot of our posts, um, basically to say that what we're doing, not only by showing you it's a digital uh, environment, we had to really quickly think about ways to best inform our consumers about how to navigate a digital environment and world. And you see a lot of industries doing this, right? So it's not rocket science, but, um, but some are just telling you, um, and I'm not knocking anyone specifically, but some of the emails you get might just say, and Hey, to help you, uh, we're on the internet. You know, we, we have a digital app, like, yeah, like you were before and you still are. And it's like to help you, you know, um, use your computer, like nothing of, of substance. Um, for us, it's a little bit different. It's, you know, we are here to help and serve, um, you know, and, um, and can do a lot of what we're doing digitally. Uh, but also here is how our products and service can, can actually help you at a time like this, right? So it's, it's a lot more transformational than transactional. So when I talk about refi, right, it's like, during a time when, you know, if you're unable for some reason to make your mortgage payment or you are, but still, you know, it's a really scary and tough time right now with uncertain futures for many, many people. Uh, what we're doing is financial empowerment and, and bettering folks that uh, could really, really stand to, um, you know, strengthen their savings. Right. You think about, you know, markets being hit, retirement funds 
and other savings being uh, potentially hit, it's very cool to be able to talk about for our strategy, um, you know, in a full circle cycle sense that here's what we're doing um, and messaging as appropriate to a global, you know, or macro sense, and then specifically on the micro for our product, here's not just how to use it, right? Here's what it can do for you to better uh, the situation. The only other thing I'll say there is that it feels extremely fortunate for us to also, on employer brand marketing, be a uh, an, uh, an industry that is, you know, helping to bolster the economy and also be hiring. And so um, through the crisis, uh, again, and this is not something that is um, taken lightly. I mean, we're very fortunate to be able to have extremely um, great success right now with how we're able to help many, many, many folks and therefore keep our careers intact and, and, and do well while doing good, if you will, but also be able to message out through the crisis that, hey, you know, we're, we're hiring. And if you're joining the workforce as a you know, a graduate and you're just looking for a job amidst this chaos and potentially you're rejoining the workforce, you know, um, we're also hiring. So I guess I would say empathy, you know, um, showing instead of telling is something I've been saying all along. And so not just saying, you know, we're here for you. We're online, you know, like you can do this uh, without coming in and, uh, you know, doing what you've regularly been doing. Uh, we have different digital ways of working, but also let's show you the um, the effects of how this can actually uh, has always been able to help, but especially at a time like this, been able to help as well as um, being positive, right? With the opportunity wherever we can. Absolutely. And to shift gears more back to kind of the positive and, and overall future outlook of digital marketing and the industry, is there any advice that you would give to aspiring social media or brand marketing professionals for ways that they can set themselves apart from the rest of the crowd and move up the corporate ladder, so to speak? Yeah, um, that's a really that's a really interesting one. I try to be, a, a, again, mine the, 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 the corporate slang, uh, a lifelong learner where, uh, I'm happy to give advice, but I'm always, uh, just sort of navigating the path with you. Right. Which is amazing because the one thing that's cool is the advice I would first give out based on that, uh, thought is that this is, um, you know, a, a long journey of which there's really no way for you to be perfect and master it. And so be open-minded I will say that there is probably nowadays an algorithm shift uh, amongst these platforms, maybe quarterly. It's almost like a software update that gets pushed out, right? There's rules and regulations and politics and climate and current events and security um, and just general sort of uh, culture shifts and, and taste for consumers, you know, generational shifts, Gen Z coming on, that will prove that if you're not on your toes, uh, trying different things constantly and experimenting as opposed to saying, you know, like, aha, I've got it. I have beat the robot or I figured this thing out or I know what everybody wants. Um, you know, I read a lot of articles that are, that are like, this is like the equation to rocket on, you know, insert your platform of choice. And it's like, yeah, kind of like there's certainly validity to that. But I would say if you stay experimental and even if something, and I know this sounds cliche, but really so too on social media, as soon as you think you have it figured out, 
there's probably at least one of the five factors I mentioned. Let's call it just the culture component, right? A shift in taste. You know, if people, you know, want to see memes one day and then it's, you know, uh, something else another day. And then it's, um, you know, I want to hear everyday stories the next. It's, it's down to, you know, what you can do, like I said, for the right audience at the right time in the right way. And that is extremely hard to do, which makes it very, very exciting to continue to pursue it because the work's never over, right? You're never going to stop experimenting. And I would say if you, and this is not to be taken hopefully by a, you have to learn every platform and stay up with every trend, right? That's impossible to do too. You know, you, oh, you're on Snapchat and TikTok and Vine while it was here, you know, and, and Twitter and Instagram, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just talking now about certain things um, that are popular, right? There's like niche sites and, and, and whatnot. But I would say if you're able to basically be fluid, flexible, keep an open mind and experiment um, different things, different days at different times and keep slow and steady taps on generally what's working for your business at, you know, at the time when you're posting uh, your content, uh, that's where when you become an artist and a scientist, those are the hungry, curious people like Steve Jobs would say that are just, dare I say, having fun with it. <laughs> I mean, hopefully you can hear my voice. I, you know, I could talk forever about this. I, I know I'm pretty worried about it, but um, I, I really hope that resonates that the advice is to realize that you could study this stuff all day and look at charts and graphs. Um, but all you have to do is stay completely flexible and open-minded and experimental. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I, I think that's kind of the one mindset that people can't really fathom in the digital marketing industry is everybody talks about, you don't want to be a, a jack of all trades and a master of none, but at the same time, you have to have versatility um, in order to accommodate for trends that are occurring daily, as well as uh, relevant changes with all those different platforms. So I think you summed it up perfectly for anybody aspiring to get into this industry uh, that you really have to just stay open to learning and keep your eyes open at all times in order to just retain value valuable information and mold it to the best strategy for yourself. So that's fantastic there. The only other thing I'll say is um, I hope this isn't obvious, but I think the, the bonus footage I'll add here is, you know, there's a, if you've seen it, there's like a Steve Buscemi meme, right? It's him with a backwards uh, hat on and a skateboard and he's standing like next to some lockers. And it's like, how are you doing fellow kids? And I notice on social media that this meme comes up almost every time a brand tries to be something they're not, right? It's a silly way that people post to sort of tease the I'm stepping completely out of my lane and diving into a topic or saying something in a certain way that is not on brand. And I know on brand is a big, ambiguous term, um, but let's just add to the fact that for social media folks out there, really, really get to know the ethos and the soul and the consumer brand of who you are so that when you're doing any sort of uh, campaign, whether it be recruiting, selling, you know, updating news, etc., that you are at least uh, on a Venn diagram connected to that brand and not completely floating out to space in, you know, here's a conservative brand who's trying to be super out of the box and liberal and social or vice versa. 
And again, I hope that's an obvious, but it is a really, really important one to know that even if there's some days you feel like you want to fight it and you want to change, right? You want to be the champion. And, uh, you know, you are a integral component and channel to the brand. And the brand is a certain thing that has been built up to stand, like I said, in its own lane, right? And be authentic and true so that you don't get the Steve Buscemi meme thrown in your face. <laughs> That's like, hey, what's up, guys? Uh, can I hang? And no, no, you can't. And you shouldn't, you know? And if you stay true to yourself and you, uh, you know, you really, really understand that you can still do what your brand stands for and, and, and enhance that element in a variety of really cool, creative, colorful ways. And I'm not saying you have to stick to one sort of, you know, um, methodology, but, uh, you know, I just want to emphasize the idea of getting to know and whether it's you nerding out and like I do and reading, you know, all the style guides, right? <laughs> like you should be doing that and, you know, not just to stay on brand, but to really try to understand uh, the culture of the company um, because social media is, um, you know, you're a megaphone for it. And so if you're singing the wrong song, <laughs> you know, um, you're singing the wrong words, to the to a different song you're just gonna look like someone who's bad at karaoke if i were to draw that uh, <laughs> example out absolutely so that that's that's it right there for all you aspiring industry professionals if you take away anything from this conversation it's to really stay away from receiving the buscemi meme as much as you <laughs> possibly can across social media <laughs> so to close off here brandon we'd like to end the podcast on a more personal note with a sort of lightning round of fun questions are you ready oh that's great yeah let's do it all right. So first one, what was the first car you ever owned? First car I ever owned was a Mazda 3. And when I traded it back in, my wife made fun of me because I was like, oh, the memories. I'm going to miss this car so much. And she was like, yeah, it's a piece of machinery. Like, who cares? <laughs> and We've asked every guest on this show that same question, and they've all responded the same way, that their first car was almost the one that they loved the most, and they Isn't wish they still fun? had it with them today. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so to jump into question two, are you a sports fan? And if so, what teams do you root for? Yeah, um, so I'm a sports fan, but I'm not a sports fanatic. Um, you know, I went to college with a lot of sports management majors, and they would, like, lock themselves in their room for days during losses <laughs> I'm like, okay, like life goes on. But yeah, I'm a sports fan. I mean, I'm a diehard Philly fan for sure. Um, so yeah, anything Philadelphia. Great. And what's your all-time favorite movie? Wow, all-time favorite movie. Um, wow, I, you know, I, I, I probably like a tie between, you know what, actually I'm going to go with um, the all-time favorite movie that I always talk about and quote, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but Mrs. Doubtfire. Awesome just, awesome. just because. <laughs> <laughs> After you were talking about Philly, I was ready for you to throw out the Rocky series and that. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. I would say probably uh the ability to speed up time. Um I can be super impatient. So whether it's traffic or uh getting to the end result of something. Um, it's funny cause I talk about experimentation a lot in this podcast. It's like, if something doesn't work, I want to move on from it and try something else. 
So I want to know what, you know, what the lesson is immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. And the final one, what is one unique thing that Brandon Lynn cannot live without? Yeah. Um, I would say probably whole bean, like really pick whatever snobby brand of coffee you like, but, um, I didn't like coffee or I didn't really, I didn't drink coffee for the longest time. And then, um, my wife, who I just mentioned, um, was a barista at Starbucks actually a long time ago. And she introduced me to like what coffee should really taste like. And now I'm like mail order, you know, special delivery coffee guy. So I would say my special, you know, unique brand that I love of coffee. Okay. I respect that answer. <laughs> so th- <laughs> thank you again for joining us today, Brandon. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, just kind of any final notes that you'd like to add. And could you tell our listeners where's the best place that they can go to learn more about Freedom Mortgage? Yeah. So uh, pretty simple, freedommortgage.com. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn if you have any follow-up questions about anything I said, or if I continued to ramble and made no sense, uh, ask me what I meant by something. I, I loved uh, this this time uh, and conversation we got to got to share. So, and, I, and I'd love to connect with any viewers, uh, listeners, <laughs> not viewers, <laughs> listeners, but um, yeah, freedommortgage.com. Uh, if you or anyone um, you know is interested in learning about a phenomenal company for um, y- your 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 lending needs or um, as a career destination, uh, that's where it's at. Great, great, and thank you again, Brandon, for joining us today. It was a pleasure as always, um, and thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast.